This is C-SPAN's The Weekly. I'm Steve Scully in Washington. The speculation is underway. Who will former Vice President Joe Biden select as his running mate? We already know it's going to be a woman, the presumptive Democratic nominee announcing that earlier this year. And so the question remains, who will it be? Only one other time in U.S. history has a Democratic candidate selected a female running mate. That was 1984, when Walter Mondale chose Congresswoman Geraldine Ferraro of New York to run with him. We will talk to the former vice president from Minneapolis in just a moment. But first, this is what it sounded like in San Francisco at the 84 Democratic Convention, when then-House leader Jim Wright introduced the VP nominee that year. And so... It is with great pride and enormous pleasure that I give to you our choice, your choice, our next Vice President of the United States, Geraldine Ferraro. Ladies and gentlemen of the convention, my name is Geraldine Ferraro. I stand before you to proclaim tonight America is the land where dreams can come true for all of us. From the 1984 Democratic Convention, and the nominee who made that selection is joining us on the phone, the nominee of 1984, Walter Mondale. Thank you very much for being with us. Glad to be here. I really am. Walk us through the decision-making process that you made to select Congresswoman Ferraro. Well... We had uh, known that she was a real possibility from the start, but we we went through a large cross-section of names of persons, of leaders around the country, and we, we also had to consider the politics of the, of the uh, nominee. And we ended up with uh, happily with Shirley Ferraro, and um, she was nominated. You heard that huge roar from the crowd. People were happy about it, and uh, we'd take it from there. She also broke the glass ceiling in terms of a major party candidate nominee. Was that part of your equation? Yes, we wanted to do something different. Uh, You know, we knew we were clear behind uh, the uh, Republican, so we had to do bold things to kind of break it up and start over again. And her choice was one of the key um, ways that we hoped to do that. There was another moment in that convention from her acceptance speech. Let's listen and get your reaction. Tonight, the daughter of a woman whose highest goal was a future for her children, talks to our nation's oldest party about a future for us all. Tonight, the daughter of working Americans 
tells all Americans that the future is within our reach if we're willing to reach for it. Mr. Vice President, what do you remember about that evening, her speech, and the reaction inside the hall? I remember it was a very successful speech. The reaction was very strong. And she, uh, I think, uh, ended up clear ahead at the end of that evening. You, you can sense some of it there in, in those excerpts that you've clipped out of the speech. As Joe Biden considers a running mate... What advice would you give him? What factors does he need to take into account? Well, be sure the person is someone that you have confidence in, that you will want to talk to because of the person's wisdom and good sense and values. Um, find somebody who'll hit the trail and make a difference on, on in, well, during the campaign, because you got to get elected first. Um, we, you, you, uh, by cutting this choice down to a woman, you've, you've saved yourself a lot of trouble. And now you can just decide which woman you want. Um, if I were you, I wouldn't dawdle on it too long. I'd try to get it over with. You're going to be a lot of people trying to put pressure on you to do something different than you want to do, and and you should you're you're the you're the you're the presidential candidate. You've got a right to try to stay in charge of this process. So, do you think it should be done sooner rather than later? Perhaps in June or July versus in August when the Democrats meet in Milwaukee. I would like to see it done sooner rather than later. Yes, I think that. Um, we're all going to be better off if this is uh, determined as soon as it can be practically done. Who would be on your list? If you were the nominee this year, Walter Mondale, who would you select? Well, it might surprise you. Uh, I'm for Amy Klobuchar. She's from Minnesota, of course. You might have expected that. But I like her. She's very good. She's been an excellent senator. Um, she and I have been old friends for a long time. I think she'd make it. And she knows something about that vice president's office. She worked for me when I, when I was vice president. And um, she knows something about it. So I think she'd be a good choice. Now, there are a lot of other good choices. I don't mean to, understand, to, to say otherwise, but I think she, they should look at her. From everything I can tell, they are. Have you been talking to the former vice president? Have you given him any kitchen advice? I have not. You also were in the position of having been selected by then-Democratic nominee Jimmy Carter in 1976. And as one story put it, you had read his book, Why Not the Best. Some of the other candidates had not. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I'm told. And that apparently said something to him. Uh, I... um, I think I think it's more serious than that, though. I think that Carter wanted to know that who was who he selected would be uh, ready to take over as vice president immediately with his confidence, and that should tragedy occur, uh, could move in on the presidency, and he could he could be 
confident that it would be handled responsibly. You, of course, knew Senator Tom Eagleton, who was the first of Very two well. nominees in 1972. How big of a factor was that in 1976, having been selected, then dropped off the ticket by George McGovern, and then Senator McGovern scrambling to find somebody else to run with? Um, it was it was a factor. You know, Tom and I were very close friends, and I mean that. We, I still think about him a lot because we we did so many things together in the Senate and as friends. And his death was a huge loss to me. Now that that by this time it wasn't a factor in who should be vice president, but it had been earlier on, as you, your question suggests. He, he was a wonderful man. He and Barb are wonderful people. And um, I don't think he can do better than that. But he, he had that one one flaw that hurt him a lot. And uh, that's too bad because he could have been the president otherwise. Vice president, then president. But, of course, Jimmy Carter did not want to make the same mistake, so you were carefully vetted, as were the other nominees, which was different than some of the candidates selected at the last minute, including Lyndon Johnson selected the day before he accepted the nomination back in 1960. Well, I, I, think, I think that's true. I think that we were, Carter and I knew each other uh, because we'd spent a lot of time talking with each other he had our family down there, and we we uh, walked around uh, that huge town there, and um, we we were we were good friends, and so we talked about a lot of things. You know, we we're both small town kids. We we're both Christian devotees. Both wanted to see uh, our country work out its problems. And he, he, he was a very, he is a very good man. There was one moment in what was the very first vice presidential debate in 1976 between you and your Senate colleague, Republican Bob Dole, who was on the ticket with then-President Gerald Ford. I want to play that and get your reaction. Both Mr. Ford and Mr. Dole stood up and defended Mr. Nixon. And if Mr. Nixon had gotten away... With that massacre that night, he would probably still be president of the United States, and we would not have taught that crucial lesson that not even the highest officials in government can violate the law. Never again can we permit that kind of politics above all to dominate this country. Even today, this administration is fighting all the Watergate reforms, opposed the appointment of a special prosecutor, opposed the reforms that were cried out for adoption following the revelations of the abuse of the CIA and the FBI. And with a record like that, and with all of the abuse of public faith and trust that we've been through, surely that too is another reason for a new generation of leadership. Senator Doe. Well, Watergate is a Republican problem, and I voted for the Watergate investigation. My opponent was absent which is, we're all absent sometimes, but he's absent more than others. I think also it's well to point up that uh, I did introduce a resolution to shut off the public hearings and to get down to business and get Watergate behind us. Mr. Vice President, you were the nominee in 1976. How big of a factor was that in the debate and in the election? Uh, I don't remember 
remembered as being a big factor, but of course um, they may have uh, candidates sometimes um, memories sometimes distort things. But I I know that we 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 wanted to put Watergate behind us. We wanted to face up to it directly and without any deviousness and uh, get it over with. I hope that we did. I don't know that we did, but we tried to. When Jimmy Carter asked you to be his running mate, did you consult with your friend, then former Vice President Hubert Humphrey, who served in that capacity during the four years of the Johnson administration? I did, but it was it would have been been negligent not to. Uh, it was a little bit the other way around. I consulted with uh, Hubert before I went down there. And then when I went down there, I was armed with what Humphrey had told me. And um, what I what I wanted to do was to uh, learn from Hubert, who had been an excellent vice president, but who had who had been through through some tough times with uh, Johnson, and uh, ask him about that and what what I could do to make it more sure-footed. Do you remember what he, he told you? Uh, he told me to go ahead and, and do what I thought was right and pay no attention to those earlier days. We put together a series looking back at presidential libraries, and I want you to listen to this exchange. Uh, C-SPAN's Brian Lamb with author and historian Richard Norton Smith on your role as vice president in the Carter administration. The vice president, Walter Mondale. Yeah, Walter Mondale... Provided in many ways the perfect balance. Uh, Jimmy Carter was an outsider of Washington, former governor from Georgia. Walter Mondale uh, was Hubert Humphrey's protege with strong ties to organized labor and the liberal wing of the Democratic Party. And of course, he'd been a, a senator. But beyond that, there was also real compatibility between the two men. Walter Mondale was a preacher's son from a small town in Minnesota. And I think from the beginning, he and Carter just clicked. Also, remember, Mondale had not run in 76. He famously said he really didn't want to spend all those nights in Holiday Inns. And so when Jimmy Carter picked him to be his vice president, he knew he, he, he wasn't picking a rival. He was picking someone uh, of whom he, he could be very confident of his loyalty. And the other thing is Walter Mondale, in many ways, is the first modern vice president. That's because he and Jimmy Carter reached a very significant agreement where Mondale would not be uh, sort of given a specific assignment here or there, like Lyndon Johnson, the space program. He would be, in fact, second in command. Mr. Vice President, do you think that you did forever change the role of that office? I say, well, I would give uh, Carter a lot of credit for that. You know, uh, I think that I helped talk Carter into it, but I think Carter was half persuaded to do it when we started talking, because he, he knew that the vice presidency had been a totally underused and wasted office, uh, which was, was, is one of history's serious mistakes because a president needed that support. He needed the strength from the, from the vice president. He needed to make certain that that office just across the hall from him was used in an effective, efficient, and powerful way. And that's that's what we did. Uh, that's what Carter and I did. And I think I think it's been uh, a really good uh, history is going to 
speak good to us about this. Did you give that advice to then Vice President George H.W. Bush as you were leaving the White House and he was entering mm-hmm. it under the Reagan administration? I think I did. It's been a long time. I can't remember. But, yeah, I wanted I wanted him to carry on that tradition uh, that we established. And I think I think he said he was going to do that. There was a memo that Richard Norton Smith talked about in December of 1976 during the transition that you drafted and then President-elect Carter agreed to. Can you walk us through that memo and, and what you were looking for in the office and what President Carter agreed to? Well, uh, I have to say, in all honesty, that was also Dick Moe's memo. Dick was a kid of my staff, and he was with me all the way on this vice presidential stuff. We worked together on a memo for the president. We we sat down and went over this stuff with him, and I think that uh, that's one of the reasons, one of the strong reasons that Carter decided to do it. And how would you assess your relationship with the president during those four years? Were you able to give him candid advice? Did you feel comfortable yes, that you were yes, a co-equal we were, partner? Yeah, we were really in. We were really a close uh, couple, and um, he um, he listened to me, and I listened to him. We were. This was a profoundly effective presidential vice presidential team. I'm convinced of it, and we did a lot of good for the country. Do you stay in close touch with him today? I do. Now, as the years go on. A little less than we used to, but I was with him a few months ago, and we had a nice talk, and yeah, I do. So let me bring it back to where we are today as Joe Biden, who you served with in the U.S. Senate, now prepares to become the Democratic nominee, and you look at what he's facing in the summer and into the fall for the campaign in general running against President Donald Trump. What's your advice? Well, I think that... um, Biden's got a good chance of winning. He's got he's got he can take nothing for granted. One of the things he's got to work on is finding a fine, strong, a vice president. I said earlier I wish he'd look at Amy Klobuchar because she'd be great. But just pick somebody he's happy with and uh, who will strengthen him, and then have a have the two as a team out there working around the country. That's that's what he needs to do now. And finally, what what's your fondest memory, either as a candidate serving as vice president or the 1984 campaign for you personally? Uh, I think it was the night we won, and we knew we had won, and uh, we were both going to go into our offices and over that six months of strong campaign, I think we gained more and more respect for each other. And I think we were ready to govern. And that, of course, was the campaign of Grits and Fritz. So how did that come about? <laughs> that was good. Um, you know, I had, this is my name, my nickname is Fritz, everybody calls me Fritz. And his name was Grits. Grits, uh, uh, the southern name uh, for uh, 
started using those names when we talked to each other, and the public started using those names around us. For our listeners who remember your time here in Washington, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Minnesota's in good shape. The weather's getting nice here. And, uh, yeah, everybody's doing great. I'm doing great. Family's doing great. Thank you for asking. Walter Mondale joining us from his home in Minneapolis. He served as Jimmy Carter's running mate and the 1984 Democratic presidential nominee. We thank you for being with us. Thank you. I really enjoyed hearing from you. And a reminder, this podcast is available online at cspan.org slash podcast. And be sure to rate and review us. We thank you for listening.